The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I have Roxana Maurer, and Roxana is a midwife in Utah, and today we're talking about spirituality in birth. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to go into this topic because I personally have had the opportunity to witness Roxana at many, many births, and she, the way she brings in spirituality and um, peace and just the methods of how she, she guides her clients through through birth. I just can't wait to share. I don't know how we talk about how I can explain what I see in video on a podcast, but let's. let's, let's. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining me today. So excited to be here. (laughs) So first of all, um, tell us about you, how you got started in midwifery and then. Mm. So that is a fun little journey for me and I'll give you the shortened version. I was 16 and I had a midwife in my life in the respect that she was the sister-in-law of my aunt and she would come to the summer vacations and she would tell her stories and instead of being on the river or on the lake boating, I would want to hear her stories. And I knew when I was 16 that I'd be having home births. When I graduated high school, I moved to California. Long story short, I came back here. I was looking into herbal schools to see what my options were to learn more about holistic healing. And I found out that there was a school for midwives. And that call was on Monday. Class started on Wednesday. And and you were there. I was there. And I With knew your cute I was little backpack and lunchbox. <laughs> yes. I knew it was where I belonged, doing what I needed to be doing and fulfilling my purpose. Wow. So. And how... How long ago was that? How many years have you been practicing as a midwife? So that was 1993. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. And you stayed. You're in Utah still. I am. Still here. (laughs) Yep. Awesome. Doing what God has for me. So yeah. Very cool. So what uh, draws people to come to you as a midwife? What is your, you know, special? Mm, My clients. Yeah. My clients tend to have a desire to, well, they have their own opinions, They tend to be researchers. They tend to want to find somebody that supports them in what they have learned and studied. They have a desire to, I want to say, walk on water. Mm. They want somebody that believes in them. They want somebody that trusts them. And so I'll ask them questions. Um, After they've asked me all their questions, I'll ask them four questions. And those questions are this. Number one, do you trust your body was designed to do what it was meant to do? Number two, do you trust the birth team that you're assembling and the counsel and the guidance that they're going to give you? Number three, do you trust in a higher power? Mm. Because there are times when we're walking through birth and, you know, (laughs) it can get really challenging sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? As those waves start crashing down and you're like, I want to be done. And you're on the verge of crowning. And when you have a higher power to pull into or to pull up to, that's where they walk on water. Mm. And so, and the fourth question is, are you willing to take accountability and responsibility for you? I mean, I can teach them everything that they need to know or that would help them, but it doesn't do them any good if they go home and do their own thing. Wow, so that really sets up the 
the, the expectation that they will be the guide guiding force of their care that Absolutely. they get to decide. And what Absolutely. if they say that second question, I was like, Ding! <laughs> what if they say, yeah, there's somebody on my birth team that I, uh-huh. my mother-in-law or my mom or my husband or like somebody, like, I don't really want them there for the birth. So first, let's talk about Rescue Remedy and get that on board so that you can come into alignment with yourself and then talk about why do you need them there? Why do you want them there? And are they fulfilling what it is that you desire for them to be there? And if they're not, then, you know, we spend time talking about incorporating people on your birth team that will support you in the spirit of that birth that you're striving to create. So they don't have to come in with all the right answers. Not at all. Okay. No, it's a journey. I was like, wait we a minute. I don't know if I could be your client yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. You've got, you've got, yeah, up to nine months of this journey to, right? and, and also you meet with them like for an hour. Absolutely. Your appointments. So there's lots of time to work. Yep. Some moms out. require a little more time. Mm-hmm. So, but most moms are like, I want my full hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, about the birth space, tell me how you prepare the birth space. Is there anything special you do to prepare the birth space to like bring in the sense of the, the, the spirit that you want to bring in? Oh, absolutely. That's actually done in preparation during the births, during the prenatals, for example. Um, I will talk to my clients about what is it that they want to create for their birth? What are their hopes? What are their visions? What are their dreams? And what are the examples of these? Like, Oh, gosh. Moms, a lot of moms want peace. Peace. Mm-hmm. A lot of moms. I have, okay, can I mention Brene Brown here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Brene Brown, I love her. And she has a list of values that she talks about. And I talk to my clients about these are values. And I've just recently incorporated this in the last year. Um, and we talk about, here's 100 values. Narrow it down to 15, and then we'll narrow it down to three. And from that filter, we'll take that and create what they want to experience in their birth. And so you can see as we're doing the prenatals, how that's already being foundation, Mm -hmm. the foundation's already being established. And so when they come into the birth process, they've already begun creating it themselves. And so when I arrive at the home, I'm just there to continue so uh, I see that a lot of the clients I attend their births, they set up specific things in their birth mm-hmm. space to help them center and, and yes. have that peace. So what yes. are some of the examples that your clients have, have done to set up their space? To set up their space. Mm-hmm. So from those values, we can anchor in some affirmations. And some moms, some moms Plaster are Plaster right? the walls with affirmations. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Some moms are very visual. And so that is a reinforcement mm-hmm. to what... what they want to, de- to create. Some moms are auditory, and so those visualization manifestations or affirmations on the wall make it easier for them to be surrounded by the people that are affirming what it is in their ear. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, that I hadn't thought of it that way. So even though you're not going to look at the affirmations yourself because you're busy right. being down deep inside, exactly. those around you can look at those for inspiration to what to say to you yes. or what to say. Yes. That's cool. Yes. And some moms are more kinesthetic, right? And so they can put up on the wall what it is they want to create. And then the people around them can support them with Effleurage, you know, that gentle stroke, or they can support them with back massage, or they can support them in other ways that are conducive to what the mom wants. Mm. So, Very cool. Yeah. So what, what time of the birth do you usually go in? Oh, that depends on the mom. Some moms are like, come right away. <laughs> I think I'm in labor. I need you here now so that I can bring my presence um, so that they can bring their presence and feel grounded right away. Most of my clients though, they're in a space that they've created with their husbands, right? Because 
they created the baby from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I wasn't invited to that process, thank heaven. No. <laughs> but they they created that. And so oftentimes they want to continue that space in the early stages of labor. Mm-hmm. And then, so they'll give me a call and they'll say, hey, I think I'm starting to have labor sh- signs of labor. And so if you can come or be on standby so mm-hmm. that you can come when I call, then let's do that. And so as they get into more active labor, they are having this bond with their husband prior to me arriving. And so when I get there, I'm setting up and I'm getting stuff ready and telling her you're doing amazing because mm-hmm. they are, right? And then I just continue to support them in that space. I've seen some couples um, make the birth process so intimate. Yes. It's almost like, yes. I'm like, I will just sit in the living room for a minute. And I'm not talking about like having sex in front of me. No, no, I'm not no, talking no, about, no, no. I'm talking about the just how involved they are with each other. There's the synergistic And energy. yeah, there's one birth in, in particular yes. that comes to mind. And I learned more about love and intimacy yes. at that birth than I had my entire life. I went home and bawled just because yes. of what I had learned, like just taking it in. But just the way he was looking at her and the way she, he was touching her. And then when the baby was coming, it was very intense. And we'd seen that whole relationship the whole time building. Yes. And so we we told her to look at him and say yes. Mm, and they yes, locked eyes yes, yes. and his tears just started down his cheeks. And she was looking at him going, yes, 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 yes. yes. And then the baby's born into his arms. And I was like, okay, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, that that was when probably the most spiritual birth I've ever been to. And we witnessed the moment of creation. Yes, yes. Yes. That's what it is. It started nine yes. months ago. Yes. But the actual moment of creation. Completion. And I do want to say that this applies to birth everywhere. Everywhere. Whether it's the father of your baby or it's your adoptive parents Absolutely. or if it's your surrogate, your intended parents, or if it's your partner that you're with now that yes. didn't father the baby, you that moment of creation is present. Yes. At every birth. Yes. Absolutely. And that gives me chills. When I, th- with a caveat, when the partner it's when they, when that partner wants to be part of that. I mean, I've seen, I've actually seen this in, um, it was a single mom and her mom took that place. Yes. So here was grandma yes. here in that creation process. I tell moms that every birth is a learning opportunity. Should you choose to experience it in that realm? And when you go into birth, curious about what the gift of birth is for you. For you. Hmm. For you. That's yummy. Then regardless of the situation, you can experience it. And you can own it. And that experience transcends just beyond the birth. It transcends into motherhood. Oh, so yeah. many first-time mothers sure. are, are in the space of maidenhood. And they're lost today. And they're striving to find how to anchor into being a mother. Mm-hmm. And when they find those learning opportunities through birth, I mean, we can find them in a variety of ways. But in my realm in midwifery, I'm going to anchor a mother or give her the opportunity to experience that anchoring in the birth process. It is a rite of passage almost Mm -hmm. from maidenhood into motherhood. And it is empowering and fulfilling and enriching. It it goes back to walking on water. And can you believe you get to witness this over and over over and over over again? Over That's why you're up at 4 a.m. in the morning 10 times a month. (laughs) It's a sacred privilege. It is. Yeah, it is. that's what that birth space is, is sacred. Yes. So talk a little bit about what happens when birth doesn't go as planned and mm-hmm. how you can mm-hmm. keep that that space 
sacred. Holding it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if every birth is a learning experience, then regardless of how it goes, it's still your gift. There is still something precious for you to mm-hmm. learn. I had a first-time mama, and she was so darling. After 36 hours of labor, my mind was being boggled. And the only thing I conclude was the baby must have been in a funky position. And uh, I finally asked the mother, because most of the times I'll ask the mom, I let the moms determine how it is and when it is that they want to go to the hospital, if that's the case. And after 36 hours, this rock-hard mama, pardon me, let me say that again, this rock star mama (laughs) said... I, I'm getting tired. And I said, honey, we don't have to keep doing this here. If you want, we can go to the hospital and get an epidural. And she's like, really? And she had this huge sigh of relief. And I said, absolutely. So we went to the hospital. She got an epidural and she's like, oh, <laughs> because there's a time and a place for mm-hmm. everything. And she had her baby a few hours later after getting this delicious nap and some rest and rejuvenation. And this baby came out with arm across the shoulder that's a not a very inconvenient birthing shoulder. position, child. No, no. So that was <laughs> so very intense. It was, it, the baby manifested exactly kind of what it was thinking, right? Malpositioned. And when it was all said and done, she goes, wow, that was intense. I did more than I ever thought I could do. I have some wonderful things to learn from this. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly it. There is a gift in birth. And if we approach that, with that mentality, curious about what the gift is, then regardless of how that path manifests itself, then we always have a gift at the end. And so... But to play devil's advocate a little bit... Absolutely, go ahead. Does it... Does it... It seems like... It seems like your clients get this experience because you are there and you hold space and you you make sure over your dead body that they are safe. <laughs> right. What if a mom isn't safe and the birth isn't going the way she wants how, how do you, I mean, how, how what advice so would you give outside her? Outside of my clientele. Yeah. So first of all, I am a huge advocate of intuition. And for me, that's spirituality. For other moms, it's, spirit, it's intuition, right? And so when we are pregnant, we have another life inside of us. And we have an opportunity to connect with that life and communicate and If I can, I'm going to step back for just a moment and talk a little bit about C.S. Lewis and how he's a huge mentor of mine. In one of his essays, I think it's called um, The Abolition of Man, he talks about the Tao. He talks about how there's this overarching realm that's bigger and greater than ourselves. In Christianity, we talk about it as God. In um, Judeo, in, in the Jewish, it's Jehovah. In there's, there's Buddha. Anyway, whatever the religion is or whatever the realm is, it's a higher power than ourselves. And so what I would suggest to mothers is find what that higher power is for you. For some people, they look at it and, and they go internal and they search for their highest and best self. And in birth, if we've talked about creativity or creation, creation is about rising to the moment. And in that space, as they connect to their highest and best self, or their higher and greater good, whether it's God or whatever you term that, you can hear direction. You can hear guidance. And there is the gift again. And I've talked to moms that have had precipitous births that I've missed. Precipitous means super fast. Super fast. Right? Less than three hours. Sometimes 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
And so they had the experience of doing the birth on their own. And they were amazed at how calm they were. How do you get to that calmness? Yeah, well, that's, right? my, that's my other question is when there's um, people at your birth that say, oh, you just, just, you're so tired, just go to the hospital. And that's not really what you want to do yet. Or your intuition is telling you, you shouldn't do a certain intervention. And everyone's like, but you should, because your baby, your baby might die. Right. Like, right. how do you stay with that? And, and it, it, even that if there's focus. no external um, people voices, what about your own voice? Like, this is really, really the most difficult thing I've ever done. And- yeah. How do you stay faithful to that, what you're talking about, to, to yourself and not doubt yourself in the middle of the process? So I recently had an experience where the mother was beside herself. It, this was the most intense birth that she'd had. And she'd had, we're talking upwards of 10 children. And her husband, we, we stepped aside and I'm asking him if he um, would consider me suggesting an epidural. And he's like, my wife needs this. She needs this. And I could see it in his eyes. And I'm like, all right, I'm all in, and this is how we're going to do it. So first of all, how do I anchor in? I get curious about the moment. And this same suggestion can apply to all mothers. Get curious about the moment. Curious Number meaning, two, why do I feel this way? What am I feeling? Is this, okay. What is going on? What is my body telling me? Our That's body curiosity. is so intuitive, and it's constantly communicating. Mm -hmm. And so what is that curiosity manifesting itself as? Number two, I'm grateful I have a strong body. And that's what I told the mom. You have a strong body and I'm so grateful you're here. And I'm so grateful you can do this. You've done this before. You know what you need to do. We have cellular memory. Even first time moms that have not had birth, that have not given birth, have cellular memory of birth because we each experience birth. And whether it's a birth that we wanted or that we desired, as we birth ourselves into life, it is still embedded in us and something that we can call upon to bring forward in that moment. And that's the belief I have in mothers, regardless of where they're at, regardless of what they believe in. It's in us. And in those moments, we can call it forward and it becomes through us. And that's what I've experienced with moms when I haven't been there. How do you... How do you, okay, so this is when things aren't going expected or, or you're in the middle of something that's more serious or, you know, something, mm -hmm. but how. Like when we're resuscitating or. Ah, I wasn't yeah. going to say any words. I, I've seen you at no birth words. and how you behave, but how, you know, something's happening that's traumatic. Nope. I don't, no, I don't want to use that word. No, I don't want to use that It's a big, so, so, okay, we'll name it resuscitation or the mom is um, bleeding very mm -hmm. badly or she's um, seizures or, or baby is, yeah, baby is in distress. I mean, any of those things that you can pick up in, in labor and things mm -hmm. are just going downhill. There we go. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Go, things are going downhill. And not as we had anticipated. And not as we anticipated. Yes. And there is some danger. Yes. So, what do I do for myself in those moments? Is that the question? Well, what do you do for the space? For the space. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I ask my higher power, which is God, to give me the knowledge I need in that moment. And I'm, I'm constantly praying. It's just who I am. And my first thought is, what does this mom need now? And as I ask that, the answers start to flow. And like what are the, first some of the things examples? that the moms need are always a space of calm. 
So the more calm I am, the more calm they are. Right? There's actually this brain pattern, right? We can talk about alpha waves and beta waves and so on and so forth. But if we look at it scientifically, as I stay in an alpha or a theta mode, that invites the mother to be in that space as well. She's looking to you for guidance. Exactly. So you're getting curious about yep. what in the space is not calm. Exactly. So do you eject people and animals and things <laughs> from the space? What I have said is I think everybody needs a rescue remedy right now. And one of my apprentices will go and dispense that to everybody. One of your apprentices. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, for example. And a rescue remedy is a supplement oh gosh, or what is it? rescue remedy is magic in a pill. <laughs> Literally. Um, So yes, and you can get it in a variety of forms. It's at the health food stores. And what it has the ability to do is it helps the mother to center. It helps her if if there's Star of Bethlehem helps with trauma and and big events, right? And Mm -hmm. it helps the mothers come into a space of patience. It helps them to come into a space of focus. I've used it for car accidents. I've used it for theater. I've used it for babies that have fallen. I've used it for babies that have been circumcised. Can I say that on here? Mm-hmm. Um, for a variety of big events. So it's an herbal, a it very powerful homeopathic, homeopathic. It's a Bach flower remedy. Actually, it's a Bach flower remedy consisting of five different um, flowers that support the emotions when they're most intense. Wow, cool. And so that can be brought so forward. So you'll dull that out? I'll dull that out when that's needed. Um, so I uh, there's a birth that's coming to mind where the mom had, she had a retained placenta and that she means was the placenta flowing. is not placenta coming out. Not coming out, right? And she was flowing. And <laughs> flowing got very and not colorful. the color you want. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Right? <laughs> Our job is to um, deliver, the, deliver the baby, deliver the placenta, the uterus clumps down and we're done. Stop the color. And when that does not <laughs> happen and everything gets colorful, then... I get to pay attention and ask myself, at what point in time do I need to intervene and assist? (laughs) And so in this particular situation, I needed to go in and and assist. What was interesting about this particular birth is the mom had a friend that she had invited to the birth and to experience what a beautiful home birth could be like. And so as everything's getting colorful and I'm just kind of assisting the mother, I'm just saying, you know what? You're going to do great, sweetheart. Your job now is to tell your body that we're done and that I'm going to help your placenta come out and we're just going to get this all completed here now. And the comment that her friend said afterwards was, what what was going on there? And I said, well, um, I needed to assist her in such and such. I said, tell me what you experienced. And she said, well, I knew that this was a little intense, but I wasn't worried. And most of it was because you were really chill about it. (laughs) It's almost unnerving. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's, but again, as I stay in that space of calm and reassure the mother that she has a capacity to enable her body to do what it needs to do. And if not, then I can support her because that's, that's the trust that we have between each other, right? Yeah. There's a big level of trust Yes, because she's looking into your eyes during this intense moment and whatever you say, she's going to believe fiercely. Exactly. Exactly. And then when it's all said and done, I could say, my gosh, that was the most, (laughs) right? No. And I'm like, you were phenomenal. Look at what you created. Look at what we did together. Look at what you did. It can be a miracle or it can be the worst thing ever. So it's not about hiding how intense things are for the mom or lying to her to get her psyched up. It's not about that. It's creating a space so that she can work with you. Right. So that you can solve this problem while it's still solvable. It's about what is my perspective? Mm -hmm. My perspective is this mother's got it. Moms are meant to live. I had an opportunity to work in the Dominican Republic for a few short days 
It was seven days, but it embedded in me that mothers want to live, that babies want to live. Yes. And the women there taught me more about spirituality and birth than I had ever learned in the 15 years prior to going. Mm. And there was a woman there, for example, that um, had lost a set of twins at 26 weeks. They were, um, their brains didn't ever form. And so the anencephalic is the term. And I went to check on her afterwards and I said, how are you doing? And this was a young mother. And she said, I'm doing fine. And I'm like, tell me about that. And she said, oh, I don't ask why. I just need to trust that God's in charge. Hmm. Because if I ask why, I'm going to go crazy. And through life experience for myself personally, I've learned that why is never... Oh, I have to know the why to everything. Right? I am a learner. I want to know why to everything. <laughs> so there, there are more effective questions though, yes, that's true. right? That's true. Yeah. And so we can ask, what do I need to learn? Um, well, sometimes what, why delves into why, how is this what, my fault? What and that's, right. And that's, that's a downward unhealthy. spiral. Mm -hmm. But if we ask, what do I have? What can I gain from this? Or what her statement was, I don't ask why, because that will drive me crazy. I just have faith that God knows best. And for moms that don't believe in God, then the question is, I just need to trust that my body knew best. I need to trust that maybe this baby knew best. Mm -hmm. Right? And if we go into that curiosity of where can I find answers? What do I need now to strengthen me, to support me, so I can rise and walk again? Mm-hmm then that's where we go to. That's what I like to go to. I believe everything can be turned for our good, but it all depends on our perspective. And that peace that comes from Huge. finding those answers is also sustainable. Huge. You don't question those later because no. that's, it's almost like they, they're the finishing chapter of that experience and that's how you remember that experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, okay, so back to the birth space, if things are getting a little intense, you'll give everybody rescue yeah. remedy, and then you pull out your your plethora of amazing skills in resuscitation and stopping bleeding Clean and or herbs or herbs and whatever you need. Whatever you need. And then yeah. if you do need to transfer to the hospital, then mm -hmm. you go with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They've embedded their trust in me, and I continue as their advocate. So I wanted to talk about something that I saw at a birth um, early in my career that you had done and that I just, mm -hmm. I've just kind of never forgotten. But when things got really intense, you asked the mom's partner if he would lay his hands on her body and give her a blessing. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I believe that the partners can always invoke good feelings into the birth. And when the woman hears her partner invoking yeah. those feelings, it encourages her too. So I was studying about ancient Hebrews and how they did birth. And the husband would be at the birth, and he, out of respect to the woman, would have his back there. But his presence would be supportive to the mother. And she would sing a song during birth as she was surrounded by the women. When she could no longer sing the song, the husband would then pick up from there. Oh, wow. And he would sing the song of birth for her as she completed the birth process. That can be applied in any birth situation with any partner for the mother. And I had an opportunity right after learning that to experience a father doing that for his wife. And that was such an enriching experience 
you know, as they get into transition, it is so intense, so intense and so fully commanding of their attention that she was just everything that she could do to focus in on each labor wave. And her husband began singing for her as tears streamed down his cheeks. And she, she did it. And when moms are in labor, they have this hormone that creates connection to the person that they're closest to, especially when there's eye contact. Mm-hmm. And that contact, that eye contact that they made, that carries them through thick and thin. Can I say something about yes. this? Because this is something I've discovered recently that it's a big deal to me, is that postpartum, ready for the soapbox? <laughs> and we have so many instances of postpartum, and I heard moms feel like their midwife abandoned them. And mm. because here she was so attentive before the birth and after birth, and all of a sudden, this midwife's no longer in her life. And it's not even a conscious thought sometimes, but just a loneliness, like a, yes. a letdown, like my oh, friends yes. just left me. And, and it's because... That hormone that there's actually, you heard these baby duckies that adopt a mom, a cat as a mom or whatever, because whatever the imprinting happens, moms have an imprinting, just like the baby is ready to imprint. The mom is actually imprinting because she needs imprint on her baby. Yes. Okay. She needs to be able to tell her little squishy thing from the rest of the tribe, squishy things. (laughs) It's very important for survival, right? So this is a total survival thing. And so she's all imprinting juices. And if it's the ma, if it's the midwife or the doula in her face, yeah, like I'm not, I'm, I'm, this is not a scientific thing, but it just stands to reason that it would make sense for the mom to feel this longing afterwards because the person that has loved her in that in that moment is no longer in her life, right. and so that's why I was like, okay, husband, husband, partner, mom, like whoever yes. you, you know, yes. let's 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 have this sweet mommy. <laughs> Imprint on the best person. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And because like you said, it lasts past the birth. Yes. So if that imprinting is done on her partner. Isn't that enriching? Mm -hmm. And that's the birth of the family. Exactly. And I believe the partner has the same instinct. Yes. Yes. Because he's, he's, um, he, she, they are smelling the pheromones. They are in the emotions and, and the whole, all of the birth. Absolutely. And they will have that imprinting. Reflex response. I don't know. It does. Let's get a scientist in here. (laughs) I had a mother who um, was going through a divorce in the midst of her birth. And I asked her, what is it that you desire for your birth? Right. And this was years ago. And she said, what I want more than anything is for my husband to connect with this child because he's going to be gone. Mm. But I want this child to know their dad and I want him to have the sense of connection. And so I find it really interesting because, right, this is in the dead of winter, it's snowing, and she calls me. Her first labor was 24 hours, and this labor was two hours, and I was an hour and a half away. Mm -hmm. And so here I am careening through the canyon trying to get to her. And she's calling me saying, oh, I can't, I'm feeling really like I need to push. <laughs> You're like, like, oh no, you oh. be not. <laughs> Just and I said, have you called your husband? He needs to be there now. And so she called him and he got over there. And so as I'm in and out of reception, I'm hearing this, what do I do next? <laughs> and then we drop the call. And then I give an instruction get her a nest, get, get her a blanket, get her a towel, get her this. And blip, 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 you know, in and out of reception. Anyway, I arrived 10 minutes after the birth, after dad caught the baby. Oh my expletive. And in (laughs) those 10 minutes, dad had called everybody in the neighborhood at four o'clock in the morning, letting them know that he He, had caught his baby. That was his 
baby. That was his child. Oh my gosh. The universe provides this. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Everything the mother wanted to create in her birth, she had created. Because he bonded to that and baby. And he bonded to that baby. And even though, you know, years later now she has another husband, that father's like, that child is mine. Do not call him daddy. I'm your daddy. You know, and, and we can create what we mm -hmm. want. And that's what I love. That's what I love. And uh, the thing is that that's magical to me about the universe is sometimes we we tell it what we want and then it gives it to us exactly how we want it, but not exactly how we wanted it. <laughs> I had another mom. She was so cute. She transferred care at 36 weeks. And she said, I just need somebody to support me in what it is that I want to create for my birth. And I said, all right, what do you want to create for your birth? She goes, I want me and my husband to have this incredible bonding experience where he delivers the baby and we just have this joy, you know? And I said, all right, you bet. I'm there 10 minutes after the birth. <laughs> so maybe you should warn your clients. If your desire is you maybe. You want to hire me. So let's make sure that if you want me in the picture, that we include the midwife in the picture. <laughs> I can be a butterfly on the wall. I don't have to be that in the so room. adorable. But, you know, let, let's include me if you want me. If you don't, that's okay. You can take my speedy delivery class and we can move forward with that. So I'll be there to, to make sure everybody's stable at the end. Exactly. Maybe. Exactly. So. Oh, that's so funny. Maybe manifest. That's so empowering. Don't yeah, you think? I think it is. And I think the only, you know, again, devil's advocates, the only thing yes. I can say is when you've been so beaten down, when you just yes. don't even believe that you deserve this or that, that every time you ask mm. the universe, for something, it slaps you in the face with something ironically cruel that, you know, how can you go into the space of birth and just say, I surrender and I, and I love you. <laughs> like I believe the universe. It's just really yes, hard for, it is. for so many to just go with what you're saying. So do you know what? <laughs> you're right. You're right. And part of that has helped me. I don't know if I can talk about this here now, but, um, I wanted to learn more about that, how to support women in a space of where they feel weak mm -hmm. and they feel like they can't stand on their own two feet. And that affects them, not just in their birth, right? That affects them in their mothering. Well, that's exactly. That, that's exactly. impacting, mm -hmm. right? And so I, I recently took some classes in what they call NLP to work with women, to help them overcome that and to rewrite their story. And so it's been fun to see what that is bringing forward. And so for those mamas that are wondering, is this even a possibility? So I had a couple of examples just a few summers ago where I had two mothers. Both of them had um, what they would have considered traumatic experiences. One ended up in a C-section and the other one felt like her birth experience was robbed from her. What I found was really fascinating is as they came and as we talked, I asked them what it was that they wanted to create and how we were going to support that. And like with the mother that had the C-section, I said, now, but if you have to go through another C-section for whatever reason, what do we need to stipulate so that you can have that support? So what's interesting is she had a long labor again, and her labor began manifesting itself like her first labor did. Mm -hmm. And when it was all said and done, it ended in a C-section. And when I went back and visited with her and followed up, and I, of course I was there at the hospital with her through all of that. And, and the point is that she did not want a C-section. Not that it ended in a C-section, but that was not what was wanted. It was more that as we journeyed through the birth process, mm -hmm. I kept asking her, so these are our options. You always have options. Always. And when you 
have the knowledge as to what those options are when the situations arise and she chose to go to the hospital. She chose to get an epidural. She came to the realization that her body would be best served to getting baby here in a healthy way by having a C-section. Okay, so this was her choice. Right. Good. It was her choice. And that was exactly what empowered her. When everything was said and done, and we talked afterwards at the postpartums, she said, you know, I see that for my body, that's how I get my babies here, so that they're healthy and strong. Mm-hmm. But this time I owned my birth. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because they were yes. my choices. Exactly. And the same thing, I had another mom that her 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 previous birth ended up, it was a vaginal birth, but it was big a big event, you know? And in her mind, it was very traumatic. And so we did this next labor and we were doing it at home, in and out, in and out over the course of seven days. And I said, do you know, honey, do you? want to go to the hospital and she goes yes can I do that and I'm like absolutely (laughs) yeah this is your choice I've just been supporting you at home and when I say in and out I mean she would labor and then it would stop she'd go to sleep and she'd get a full day sleep and she'd blah 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 and so we get to the hospital and she's laboring at the hospital and then she goes huh this really isn't going anywhere I said well you know Pitocin is an option it's up to you yeah, I think I want Pitocin, you know, and it continued to evolve. And, and she goes, after um, being on Pitocin a while, she's like, um, do you think I can get an epidural? Absolutely, you can get an epidural. <laughs> Absolutely. If this is whatever you want. Would you want. like some chocolate you with know? that too? Exactly. <laughs> Got a burrito from Beto's. So, but it was all of her, all of that was her choice. Yeah. Even, though that, even though that subsequent birth mirrored the first birth. It was her choice and her perspective, going back to perception and perspective. That is such. So you don't have to have this monumental faith that you can, you can move mountains. You can just have faith in yourself that you can make choices. Absolutely. That's kind of earth shattering. A mother that is educated, nourished and supported can change the world through her birth experience, starting with her baby and herself. Amen. Wow. Oh my goodness. I, I'm, I have been so excited about having you on this show because like I said, I just adore watching you in birth. And when people ask me who, well, people ask me about their mid, my midwife referrals mm-hmm. all the time. She's wonderful. Yeah, she's wonderful. And, and, but so when I get to midwives. refer you because of a specific need the mom has, I'm like, here is Roxana on a platter. <laughs> you must call her. Here's her phone number. Did you call her? <laughs> Just because of what you bring to the birth and the honor you have for your, for your clients. And my goodness, you're amazing. <laughs> it's a privilege to work with the moms. I think the greatest gift that I've learned in my recent training is that we all have it inside of us and we just need to find the right person that can bring it out of us so that we can hold it in our hands and own it. And that's part of the faith, isn't it? Knowing Mm -hmm. I can pick the right provider. Absolutely. I can pick the provider that is the best (laughs) frosting for my cake. (laughs) Exactly. Mm, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Delicious. Time for lunch. (laughs) Just kidding. Thank you so much. How do people find more about you? Can they can they find you on Facebook or do you have a website? Uh, I do have an Angel Baby Midwifery. Um, I think it's Facebook is Angel Baby Midwife. Um, I have a web page, and if you get on there, it's going to be in French or 
Latin or something, um, but it is oh, Angel Baby just, Midwife. She's com. got the placeholder text. I have a placeholder. So maybe yeah. we should take yeah. care of that before this episode <laughs> airs. So if you go to her site, mm-hmm. I'll go to her site and see if we fix this text thing before. <laughs> You're the um, best, Roxana. <laughs> my phone number is usually the best way to get a hold of me. Well, and you are you are very um, yeah. referred, so you don't have that website as present so much. No. Do no. you want to give your phone number? Um, or just it's, they can find you on Facebook. Find me on Facebook. Reach out to me that way. Awesome. Um, I've got. I am a single mom, and I homeschool. And so, if you haven't heard back from me, don't hesitate to <laughs> text me again. Hey, I'm hey, juggling a lot of balls. <laughs> <laughs> but when when you call me and I need to be there for the birth, everything gets yep, dropped. Everything because you have the system set up that your the births are, you are 100 percent there. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Love thank my you mamas. again for thank coming you, today. Thank you. <laughs> And thank you all for listening. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.